Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtzcast. Cole Petum here as always. And somehow we're going to talk about Aston Villa 3 Fulham one uh, Villa showed up for about 10 minutes and scored three goals within 10 minutes to get a win at Villa Park. All the doom and gloom of the first 80 are at the window. Football is great again. That's all that matters. Happy days. But of course, I do have two people here with me because I don't like talking to myself. We'll start with Danny Raza. Danny, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Forgot what it was like to turn a turn a game around. Um I think, first of all, great to be back off international break. Not because I've been, obviously, off playing an international fixture, but because, um, yeah, I mean, watching England is yeah, okay. But uh, I much prefer watching Villa, um, even when we're playing like this. Um, I suppose, for the last 15 minutes of that game, though, entirely different experience um, and a more enjoyable one than it has been uh you know watching Villa in the in the last few months anyway so yeah I'm 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 pretty happy man just I suppose a little bit in disbelief because I wasn't expecting us to turn it around yeah absolutely I mean I don't even know what the hell happened I feel like a little like punch drunk or something I don't really even know how to describe it just it's it went from walking away from the television and then forcing myself to sit there and watch the last 15 minutes and oh boy I'm very glad I did so of course there is a third party to all this good villa fun today and as always it's Simon O'Regan Simon how you been uh yeah not too bad um just still can't quite work out what I've just seen um I was after 74 75 minutes I was ready to come on here and have an absolute rant but I don't know if I quite can because we've won the game, but I, I'm just really confused. <laughs> I really don't understand how we've won this game and how we've come away with three goals, considering I don't think we had a shot on target for 74 minutes. So how we've put three past them. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a funny old game, isn't it? Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, crazy. It's wonders what you can do when you're actually playing the ball on the floor. It can actually do a little bit of movement to see actually what happens. And, Really, that's what happened. Two goals from Trezeguet that opens his scoring account for the season. Better late than never. And of course, Ollie Watkins gets the third to just make it absolutely no doubt. The best thing about this match has to be Keenan Davis getting an assist. Just to see something come off for him in some positive way is probably the best thing all season. He's my player of the season now. I don't care anymore. I'm all good there. But Danny, let's... I guess crack into it. I don't know where do you want to start with this one, Danny? Because we could uh, we can go pre-game, we can go into the game. Where should we start with you? Okay, let's go. For, let's go pre-game heading into the game. I mean, first of all, the meltdown when Grealish wasn't on the team sheet. I think let's address something first of all, right? So, I think as of the press conference, the day before the game, or no, in fact, two days before the game, Grealish is fit. He's ready. He's fine to get in the team. That is a fact. That is a fact that Dean Smith stated before the game, okay? But 3.30 on game day, 
Grealish isn't fit. And I guess some of the fans are a little bit frustrated that they haven't been told because we've been waiting for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's been unclear whether or not he was going to be fit for each game. Um, and it keeps on dragging along. And obviously the team hasn't been performing. Those performances haven't been there. Uh, without Jack Grealish, we're looking like a shell of ourselves. So the fans are a little bit frustrated, obviously. But let's get this straight, right? Between Friday and Sunday, what do you want the club to do? Do you want them to announce it on Twitter? Hi, everybody. Jack Grealish is injured. He won't be making the team today. He won't be traveling. What, 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 what do you want the club to do in that, in that time period? I think we've just got to manage our expectations here and there. Um, it's different when it comes down to kind of fans leaking information. You can choose to believe that if you want to. Um, like... I suppose that's what sources are, right? Like, but but if you're not if you're not hearing it from a proper sort of news organization, um, it's best to ignore it. Just turn up on game day. Whatever team goes out there is gonna perform, do something, right? Like, um, but unfortunately, I think we we head into the game. Villa actually, I don't think played too badly without um, without Grealish today. I don't think they were terrible. I think I think what we saw from the first half certainly for me was just a continuation of that frustration without Jack in the sense that perhaps, you know, there wasn't, it wasn't enough in the final third. It looked like Al Ghazi was maybe anonymous. Those frustrations were there. Obviously that the fans were having Watkins wasn't getting chances on goal, but um, in general defense still looks solid. Midfield looks solid. Um, think McGinn at number 10 worked quite well, to be honest. I liked seeing him kind of press the defenders quite a bit and kind of push that forward line, but I don't know. Um, Cole, Simon, what did you, what did you make of the team? You know, you know, Grealishless, I suppose, in the first half and the way that game started. I'll let Simon take this one. I'll come in last, so Simon, take it away. Um, I don't think we were great, to be honest. Um, I think yeah, what you said that. You know, defensively, we look pretty solid. Obviously, we'll you know, come on to what happened in the second half of that. But in general, we look pretty solid at the back. Midfield, I, I don't think Louise or Sanson had particularly good games today. Um, I think they, they just got caught on the ball too often. I think Fulham's midfields pressed them a lot more than, than they pressed the Fulham's. But I agree. I, think, I thought McGinn had a good game, actually. I, I thought he looked a lot better than he's done in recent weeks uh, in that more advanced role. But um, it was just the egg and the lack of creativity. I mean, El Ghazi, uh, to be honest, I'd, I'd virtually forgotten that he was even on the pitch until he went off. And, uh, that first half, I, ge- I genuinely don't remember him touching the ball in the first half. Uh, and that's what you, you can get that with El Ghazi. Sometimes it can be really good. Sometimes we're chucking a performance like that. And that's, that's where the problems lie without Grealish and that there's just probably not enough quality in the depth of the squads. But that's something I'd expect us to address in the summer. But and I think, to be fair, it's something that needs to be addressed in the summer. Yeah. I, I mean, everyone's always going to say we're a one-man team and then you pull off wins like this and people are like argue against it. And although I agree with it in some instances and I don't with others, it's it has to be addressed. Eventually, either... Jack moves on, he's hurt again, or he just wants to play with better players in this team. If you want to be better next season, we just need to get another player that can take more pressure off him. And that's just the the whole kind of thing about developing the squad year on, year on. And I mean, it's a wait and see thing. And it's, I guess what it's what really what Ross Barkley was brought in to do. And it, 
evidently hasn't worked out for the long term. And that can be kind of derived from a number of different factors with Ross Barkley. But aside from him, because he didn't feature today, so let's not beat him up for one game for probably, I don't know, I can't remember the last time we didn't. But nonetheless, I mean, it's a frustrating one. Because if you look at this whole game, you're thinking... Well, the story is all to be told within the last really 15 minutes, apart from Ming's just having an absolute nightmare of a of a back pass. And I mean, would it be fair to say, Danny, that's typical of Villa really this season, not this season, but maybe for the last few years, just giving away cheap opportunities like that? So um, I, I actually think it's a more complicated issue, which I don't want to bore you all with so much. So, I mean, guys, please interject here. Yeah, please interject. But our build-up play is so slow, right? I, but I mean, okay, the first first factor is we like play, playing out the back a little bit too much. Fulham got Fulham had an issue with it a little bit later on as well. Um, I think it was Dawson as well, by the way, who was on the punditry, who, who mentioned, the, mentioned the lack of fans perhaps being a factor here. You know, you kind of, you, the, the defenders don't get under so much pressure because nobody's like howling or shouting. So they end up thinking, okay, well, we can hold on to the ball a little bit more, you know, do what we want with it. But also Villa's, Villa's um, build-up play is so slow. Uh, and what ends up happening is they get in these situations where they're pushing, they're pushing, they're pushing. They're trying to get the ball somewhere, get, trying to get the ball a little bit further forward. And then they, they, they end up in the same place. The ball ends up going back to the centre-backs. And by this point, sort of, you know, the opposition, the other team, they're pressing you, right? But you haven't you haven't made the most of that out of that attack. and And so you know, naturally that you're going to lose the ball at some point. Unless unless you're a brilliant passing team, unless you have the players for it, you're going to lose the ball at some point. Um, and Mings had that issue today. Unfortunately, it was an extremity. Um, with his, it was probably a little bit more of a uh, emergency situation where he should have just got rid of it. But there was also times today when like Anwar Al-Ghazi's like set Fulham players through, you know, luckily at that point there was a, we had a defender back but it's the same it's the same thing you know you could just as easily pass that through into a position for you know one of their wingers they have some really good players on the ball to like go through on goal um so yeah i mean it's an issue it's an issue we have like we we hold on to the ball so much that you know we don't end up losing the ball by creating a chance we end up losing the ball by making a mistake and mistakes do happen and they will happen um unless you eliminate the chance for it um i don't know if that's rubbish but it's just almost a bit of a theory I've got. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that's kind of that I found, and I mean, to make your point, Danny, too, I think Traore had a few where he was trying to switch it across the pitch and it literally just got intercepted because it was like basically the perfect through ball for a Fulham player. But I mean, that's what happens when you're caught in situations where you're not either A, moving the ball quick enough, you're not cycling it through, or you don't have an open player to move it to. And I think that's kind of the situation we found ourselves in last year where it was so many passes backwards, so many sideways, not enough kind of forward movement. And I think the one thing I've noticed, and a lot of people say, well, because Jack's not playing, so evidently this would be easier, but it's on either side of the pitch, so it shouldn't really matter, and that's the fullbacks. If you look at target and cash, they're not overlapping as much as they used to, and I think that probably speaks to the wingers we have. And I wouldn't say that's because of coverage issues. I just feel like there's not that outlet of outlet of really just, okay, I'm going to pass it to Traore. Cash is going to constantly overlap. I'm going to pass it to Algazi. Target's constantly going to overlap. You see bits and spurts here and there, and it's on offer, but usually that outlet 
rarely was even used today and it really hasn't been used and if you look at a lot of our success this year it's really come through those overlapping moments so hopefully that's a sign of things to come back soon because it's so evident how crucial those two players are and getting the play forward because let's be frank our midfield at times looks like it's not even there or it gets overrun or the movement's not moving but Simon if you want to interject here have your thoughts yeah I think I think probably one of the reasons why it's so slow uh, in the build-up is I don't know how to quite word it. I think sometimes you, they just they want to just try and keep hold of the ball, and so to do that, it's it's easy to do that by taking a bit more time on things and a bit slowly. But then the problem with that is you're less likely to to be able to create anything. You you kind of you, especially against a well-organized team, which Fulham are, you need to move the ball quickly. You know, you need to do things with pace. Um, but that that can if you're not um precise enough with what you're what you're doing with that then you can give the ball away too easily and then I think what's happening is because it's so slow the players are then getting frustrated and just trying to make a pass that just isn't there to be made because they feel that they need to do something and then then that's where you can give the ball away cheaply um so yeah but I mean it's it's strange because at the start of the season we were playing really quickly like it, it was uh, quick through the midfield and I'm just I'm kind of a bit a bit confused as to what sort of happened since the turn of the year I mean some players have obviously gone dropped off a bit of form I think the COVID outbreak that hit the club you know you, you still don't know how much of an effect that had but it just it does seem to be quite strange how it's been such a change around in in how we're playing you know from such high energy high pressing you know good passing through the midfield and it's just not been there the last sort of eight nine ten games or so I think it's worth mentioning as well I think I think the fans probably like well I think I think tired of the COVID excuse now I think that's gone I mean obviously none of it obviously first of all right it's not none of us none of us know obviously the long-term effects of, mm. of COVID but obviously these players you know they, they they have medical examinations you know we, we you know if they, if they if they weren't fit they wouldn't be out there you know it's, it's, it's getting past that point now you know other teams have had COVID outbreaks yeah um but, but I think it, I don't, it killed the momentum, though, didn't it? That's it. It's the momentum issue. It's the momentum side of things, which 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 people kind of point out rather than any sort of like health complications or anything. Yeah. But, um, you know, like even Barkley's injury, he hasn't been the same since coming back. But you know, it's for me, it's the casualness, and I think that's also why Villa get caught off the ball. It's almost like whilst the op- whilst the opposite team is playing at sixty miles an hour, we're almost cruising at forty, and kind of you know. When the defenders are taking their time, slowly passing it around, I'm here thinking I'm here there with like my heart in my mouth because like the thing is, <laughs> you know, there was plenty of times when uh, Mar- Martinez, Conza, Mings were passing it around, and, and, and Dougie Louise as well were passing it around the back whilst there's like four Fulham players on them, and you're just thinking to yourself, look, just well, what are you going to gain from keeping that ball to yourselves for the next twenty seconds or so? You're not going to gain anything out of it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just get yeah. the ball at the pitch. Um, and and I, I, that's that's been my issue with the build-up play as well. You know, with 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 because because we because we did mention El Ghazi set Fulham through a couple of times with when accidental mispass, and it's not just him. He's not the only culprit. Barkley's done this a few times this season, um, and he just seemed to think you've held that ball for five minutes, passing it sideways. What harm would it have done? 
for one of the midfielders to have made a little run forward, for one of the forwards to have made a cheeky run, um, and, and, and you to have experimented and tried something with the ball. And, and I think, you know, I, I, I assume we're going to move on anyway, Cole. Like, you know, later on, when the substitutes came on the pitch, it was a prime example of like, look, this is what you're supposed to do if you're, if you're trying to get goals. It is a reason why we only scored previous today six goals in 10 games. Um, and, and for me, it is the build-up play issue. It really is. Well, the interesting thing here, Danny, and it's been something that you've been going on for as long as we've really been recording together so it's i don't know how many episodes that's been now thinking about it but nonetheless and that's substitutions dean made early substitutions and it worked and of course that being trezeguet ramsey and keenan davis and it worked to a t i like honestly like it's crazy to think that probably around the 75th minute so many and before that everyone was slating him things aren't helping uh, keenan davis's crap even when these changes are made and then it comes off And I, I think this is the thing that a lot of us fall into is reading into things too quickly. It's hard to assess somebody when they're given five minutes on the pitch in the 85th minute to come on and do something when we already are struggling with the ball or struggling to move it forward or create opportunities, giving them that extra 15, 20 minutes. It made the world's difference. I mean, Keenan Davis is out there today and I want to say it was around the 90th minute and he just maneuvered. So like danced basically around two Fulham players like Messi. So he is now Messi. That's what I'm going to say. You had Trezeguet taking on two Fulham defenders like Cristiano Ronaldo after he scored two goals. Like there's confidence in these players when they're given more time and you need to give these players more time on the pitch because let's be honest unless you're defending a lead, what's the point of bringing Trezeguet on say in the 85th minute and unless you're trying to run it out or high press, you're, you know, he's going to need a few opportunities to really get into that mindset. He's just that kind of player and it worked today. And to be honest, I, to talk about Keenan Davis again, a lot of us, every time he gets the ball, we, we just want it to work for him. And then usually it's, Oh, so close. I think there was one last season where it, I don't know if it was West Ham or who it was against, and it was like inches away from going in, and it just missed the goal. And this cross was inch perfect. Trezeguet, to be fair, could have so easily just sliced that wide, and he hammers it home. It's just, it's nice to see players that some people have written off come on, prove people wrong, albeit it's a short sample size. It's nice to see happen. But Simon, I'll, I'll turn this over to you. Take it away from wherever you want to go with this. <laughs> So when, when Trezeguet initially came on, I, I wasn't overly pleased because and like it's, I'm not trying to like slag him off or anything, but there's been times over the last few weeks where he gets to 60, 65 minutes and whichever winger is having the worst game comes off for whichever winger is on the bench and nothing seems to change. And so I just thought, okay, we, we've just gone 1-0 down and you've made a substitution that's not really going to affect the game. And then, um, and then, like Trezeguet, he he has a really good chance with the header, which he absolutely butchered. And I'm I'm thinking, oh my god, what what's he doing on there? And but then the two goals he scored, like there's been nothing in the last few months or so to suggest that he was going to pull that quality out the bag. He, he he seems, you know, all season he's been snatching up these chances. And then the, the first goal, I've got to say as well, I think 
time and Mings deserves quite a bit of credit because he's obviously made the mistakes. He put us one down, but and he's he's been he's gone out and made sure he's tried to affect the game then the positive way. Good little overlapping run, uh, pulls the ball back, lovely finish from Trezeguet. In that second goal, Davis, like you say, I was really glad that he came on with actually a bit of time to do something because. I'm, I like Davis. I think there's, there's a player there. I don't think he's ever going to get you that many goals a season. But I think if you play him up top with Watkins, which is what he did today, he's a good foil for Watkins. In that he's he's a strong player. He holds the ball up well, but he's got some ability on the ball. It's like finishing is not his, you know, his best quality. Which for a striker is a tad unfortunate, you might say. But he. He can do. He can run with the ball. He can hold it, and he can beat a player as well. He's, he's got a bit of skill about him. And the um, the cross for Trezeguet, you know, that was a really, really lovely ball. Very cleverly picked him out, and the finish was absolutely superb. And then, yeah, from then on, you know, obviously we go on and get the third goal. Troyore hadn't really done much throughout the game. Lovely bit of skill to set it up for Watkins. Couldn't miss. But um, I think we've we've been quite critical this season about Dean Smith and his substitutions or lack of and you know they're not affecting the games at times but today you've got to say all three even Ramsey like you mentioned earlier Danny I thought him coming on just provide that bit more energy in the midfield as well and so you've got to you can criticise him when when he gets things wrong Smith but you've got to praise him for you know the game looked like it was going away from us you you know 75 minutes in Fulham looked like they, they were very comfortable but the changes worked so you've got to say fair play yeah, I mean, I'm just going to hand it over to Danny now because I love when he talks about Dean Smith and his substitutions. So, Danny, I think it's everyone's favorite yeah. point of the podcast, so just take it away. <laughs> Look, I mean, fair play, right? But um, this is the first time in the entire season where we've recovered a game from being 1-0 down and, and won it. Um, and, I, and like, to me, almost like, I, I, I struggle to praise it just because I feel like, look, on, a, on an individual performance basis, brilliant that we've turned it around. It's great to see it, yeah? That doesn't, for me, eliminate a problem. <laughs> I want to see more of that. Yeah, I want to I see, see it being more consistent that we can turn a game around. Because you can see it from the fans' perspective where as soon as we go 1-0 down, pretty much everybody is just thinking, right, well, that's it. It's game over. Fair play. Because Trezeguet has come on and done a really good job, but I, I just want to—I just want to give a shout out for the fir- for the first. So when when Trezeguet scores that equaliser, it's good because we see some movement, right? We see Villa a little bit more impetus, right? A little bit more kind of right. Actually, let's let's try and score a goal instead of let's move the ball around until we get an opportunity. It was let's try and score a goal. Tyrone Mings puts himself in a in a perfect position ahead of target, right? As a centre back to deliver that ball to to Trezeguet, he knows he's messed up. He knows. He's, you know, letting an absolute clangor, you know, a few minutes ago and fair play to him for delivering that to Trezeguet. Trezeguet then comes in, scores that second goal, obviously, from Keenan Davis, uh, Keenan Davis' cross. Keenan Davis winning that ball off the Fulham defender who's, you know, made just as big a mistake as, as, as our Tyrone Mings did. Um, but, but brilliant to see Keenan Davis coming on and bullying a defender off the ball. That's what you expect from him. That's why we want, want to see more of him. That's why when we have balls um, in the box, like we would like to have somebody around like him. But fair play to him for the cross to Trezeguet, who's obviously his second finish as well there. Just basically he's cashing in all the, all the attempts he's skied, you know, all season. So... Uh, he came into bloom in spring last season. Hopefully, we see that again from him. Uh, hopefully, it's the start of something. 
you'd like to think so anyway. He's going to force himself back in the team next week. And obviously, yeah, good for Ali Watkins to get a goal. But yeah, I just want to address the fact that those substitutions just, they worked so well. And it was good and it was refreshing to see Keenan Davis get 25 minutes and actually get a chance to put his stamp on the game. Because him pressing the defenders um, and even even uh, even Ramsey as well, coming on and like bullying Fulham defenders off the ball. A, a couple of times he sat, he sat defenders down, like just put one arm out. You know, this is a kid. Yeah, pushing... Defend, pushing defenders down all within the law of the game. Just that energy, that like actual want, that kind of push to like score a, score a goal and say, you know, come on, lads. Like, we want a result here. Um, I think that's why I was kind of almost semi-annoyed because I was like, why haven't we been playing this way for the last few games? Why does it have to take 15 minutes and two substitutes to come on for us to perform to the best of our abilities? Do you know what I mean? Um but yeah, I was happy for Keenan Davis. I was happy for, for, for Trezeguet as well. Yeah, fair enough. I mean... My, Sorry to turn that into a semi-rant. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. We were, we were watching your entertainment behind you. Uh, no one will know what that meant, but uh, we will at least. So we'll leave that in there as a, as a fun snippet. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool to think too, like maybe the whole Watkins Davis up front is a little bit of a tease for potentially Watkins and Wesley maybe that works out better. I don't know. I just want to see a lot of goals happen. I want to see something like that come off. So we'll we'll see if it happens. But I think my favorite moment probably for this game in particular was near the end, Keenan Davis holding it up in the, I think, left-hand corner of Fulham's end against, I think it was Tete. And the man just can't get the ball from Davis. He's just a brick shithouse. And I, I just love to see it. It's great to see. I don't know. I hope this does something for his confidence. But... Before we actually move on, let's go over to the Twitter comments because, of course, after every game, we ask for your post-match thoughts on a three-word review. I think there's 40 or so already. I'm sure there'll be more after recording, so sorry if we missed them, uh, but we wanted to get this out as soon as possible, so we recorded earlier. Uh, I'll read out as many as possible. We'll start with uh, Gary Howlett saying, what the F? Michael Rudd says, who needs Jack? M squared, lucky as F. There's a lot of f's that are started out on this so people are being a little bit more kind uh chris hill please play davis tom says what just happened i think a lot of us are thinking that right now uh ian woods or ian woodcock i should say uh, has a gift saying just so confused hopefully that's positive uh andy day funny game football rob wyatt two up top uh, BBQ, some embarrassing fans. Uh, I think we can all agree and know probably what uh, that's referencing at some points in the game and uh, some points in this Villa fandom. But anyways, uh, Sam says 4-4-2 next week. Uh, Sarah Bister saying uh, JG with an X next to it, 4-4-2 with a check mark next to it. Uh, James Brian Davis says Trez, Trez, Ollie. And we'll finish it with um let's see here uh the religion usa avfc saying subs saved us and i really think that probably is the one that subs it or sums it up I, or i guess i can maybe even say in kind of a, a parody way subs it up best so if anyone found that funny you're welcome but anyways let's move on um to uh actually you know what we'll take a brief break and then uh we'll be back with you in a moment and we're back, so we're just going to dive right into our man of the matches. Simon, I'll go to you first. Who was your man of the match? Uh, well, if the game had ended after 75 minutes, I'd have said no one because 
I didn't think any well, I'd, I'd probably said again, I thought he was the best of a not great bunch, but I mean, you've got to go Trezeguet. I mean, fair play to me. We always say that he works hard, but the quality is very rarely there. But today it was two really clever finishes, to be fair. You know, you see players put both of them well over the bar on the occasion. So, yeah, for those two bits of quality, turn the game around and got to go Trezeguet. Fair enough. Danny, how about you? Yeah, it's, it's pretty funny, isn't it? Um, Trezeguet getting man of the match, sort of like at this point, considering... The thing is, Trezeguet never puts in a bad shift. It's just he's always fluffing chances left, right and centre. But, you know, for a game where he comes on and puts and buries two of them, okay, he misses one sitter. <laughs> but for a game when he comes on and, um, and does... Uh... <laughs> You know, comes on and scores too. Fair play to him. I, I got, I got to give it to him. But I think also, um, worth saying, first seventy-five minutes. I, I, I agree with Simon. Nobody really stood out. Thought Matty Cash had a decent game. Uh, thought the defenders had a pretty decent game, apart from you know the the whole Tyrone Mings backwards pass situation. Uh, but yeah, I think I think for me, it's the substitutes changed the game. For as much work as Davis and Ramsey put in, it's got to be Trez. Yeah, um, I do. I do think Matty Cash had a pretty decent game as well. Um, inside joke that no one will probably understand, but uh, we, we think he's great. Trust me, it's just something that happened earlier that you guys, of course, won't be aware about. But anyways, um, I'm gonna change it up. I'm gonna go Keenan Davis because I just love big, big Keenan, and it's good to see him do well. Sets up the game winner. I think that's kind of the main thing that we have to take away from that all. And you know what? It's good to see someone who every time he's brought on the commentary teams always go, he hasn't scored since 2017. He's not really a goal scorer, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Villa are short of attacking um, options off the bench and yada, yada, yada. You know what? He didn't score, but he supplied the goods when needed. So more than fair enough. Um, Easily could have went Trez as well. I mean, he scored two goals um, and in between those goals, honestly, I thought he almost scored again when he tried to absolutely hammer that to the right hand part of the net, but you know what? It didn't come off. He got two goals. I'm happy with it, but let's go over to a little bit of news. Now, of course, we'll, we'll just kind of pile it in together. We'll get both of these guys thoughts in here uh, really quickly. And then we'll get over to the uh, Villa. Who am I? Cause that's probably what everyone wants to listen to now. So hopefully you guys are enjoying that little game we play at the end as well and of course that news is Ezri Konza signed a deal until 2026 brilliant piece of news very happy with that frustrating and sad news with Wesley of course as of course he was playing in the Premier League too of course to regain some fitness with Villa's youngsters and he went off a little bit early looks like a little bit of an aggravating of aggravation I should say of what he's already been dealing with for the last year plus so hopefully he comes back soon and he's fit and firing because I can only imagine what that does to someone's mental health and just kind of overall well-being when you've been out for that long and all you want to really be and do is be on that pitch so anyways Danny I'll I'll come back to you first what are your thoughts on these two pieces of news I mean one is way worse and one is way better so just give me all those thoughts yeah firstly I mean I'll I'll get get on for Wesley you know Um, I mean he's um, it's been good because he's been playing some reserve team football brilliant to see him back out on the pitch we heard from the club it's nothing much more than a precaution look he, he, he didn't look comfortable um, I think people paid the uh, the little one ninety nine fee 
to to jump into the game to watch Wesley play. Uh, by the way, that's that's not, that's not a criticism. By the way, I just think I just think it's 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 funny. I think I think a lot of fans would have tuned in to watch Wesley play, and then he's kind of holding his knee. It's, it's not looking good. Um, no, he was out for a very long time. It's it's a bad injury. So obviously, when he comes back out onto the pitch, goes running a little bit. It's, there's going to be a little bit of discomfort there. That's why he's playing those games. That's why he's getting those minutes. Um, I don't think the club even expected him to play a full 90 minutes. So him coming off, it is what it is. Um, I think it's. I think it will be interesting to see whether he plays in the next couple of weeks or so. But I'm not super worried about it. So that's Wesley out of the way. Great to see him back on the pitch, though. As for Ezri Konza, I think we've all been talking about how he's very, very close to being um, an England defender. I think a lot of us believe that he's good enough to be playing for England. Um, is he is he up there with the John Stones and the Harry Maguires? That would be an interesting question. Um, I'd like to hear it from somebody who's not a Villa fan, uh, but our defence has been fantastic. You know, nothing short of uh, solid this season. And um, look, Ezri Kons is young. We, we forget how young he is. And I think that um, he could be a, a very, very key player for us in, in the coming years. And yeah, look, he's, he's going to be valued at about 50, 60 million in, in, in a couple of years' time. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Konza is a fantastic defender. I, I I was gobsmacked that he wasn't caught up into the uh, the latest England squads, um, especially how Eric Dyer got in there, having spent the last four or five games sitting on Tottenham's bench. But that's that's a whole different discussion. But for Villa, I think it's great getting him tied down. You know, at the start of the season, Grealish signed a new deal. Mings and McGinn have signed new deals. Now Konza. So I think, you know, to, to get the better players signed up long term, it's, it's good. It's showing pro- real progress in the club. And it's quite it's smart as well, you know, because if a big team, you know, you know a, a team in the Champions League or in Europe wanted to come in for him, they're going to have to now pay an awful lot of money. So we're getting, you know, there seems to be a bit of street smart and at boardroom level as well, getting these players signed up. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I'm obviously delighted. Wesley, yeah, it's a... It's a shame, obviously. I mean, I'll, I'll be totally honest. I, I was never his greatest fan. But um, I think to have him back on the pitch and playing, I think he he would do a lot better now, obviously, in this for the team than he did last year because you've got to take into account he was new to the league and we're a better team now than we were then. So it's, it's a shame. I'd, I'd like to think if, if it is just, you know, the precaution that they're saying, it would be nice to see him try and get some game time in the Premier League towards the end of the season, just just to get back into the swing of things and, and you know at least get a feel for playing for the for the club again in the Premier League. So um, yeah, a bit of a shame, but hopefully it's nothing too serious. Yeah. So what Simon's saying there, folks, is that um, I was going to say that Danny's going to come back at the end of the season. I mean, Danny, if you, if you can still play, of course you can as well. Uh, but what I mean to say is Wesley, of course, which is funnily enough, Danny's man crush, OG listeners to the podcast will understand that inside joke as well. Uh, but anyways, on to Wesley. Uh, Simon is basically saying that Wesley's going to get a hat trick on the final day of the season. Called it right now. Uh, it'd be brilliant to see, to be honest. I mean, ride some momentum into the next season and it's going to be really interesting honestly to see what happens in the summer because you'd assume he at least get one or two games under his belt hopefully by the end of the season and then even if he doesn't what goes on there strike force wise because we, we know we need to improve somewhere up there so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there with all that but uh 
Simon, if you want, we'll uh, we'll get on to the Villa Who Am I. So we've kind of changed things up. So every week we're going to rotate as to who's the host of the game, just so different people can guess, different people can ask questions. It's not always the same person because, I mean, who really wants to hear my voice that much anyways? Um, apparently, I'm probably irrelevant, but anyways. Uh, so, of course, if you are new to the podcast, first time listening to it, of course, it's basically just uh, me and Danny this time will get one answer each for per one question of simon's of course and then we'll go on to each round so it'll get more obvious as we go along of course these are villa players um i guess it could be of the present and of the past but most likely the past because the present might be pretty easy but anyways i'll hand over the reins to simon i'll stop ranting simon go ahead okay so i've i've got two players here um i'm not not sure how hard's they'll be to get or if, if they'll be easy or really difficult I don't know so best, uh, I guess we'll just uh, crack on with it so first player I was born on the 28th of March 1990 in Rochdale making me 31 years old Danny do you have any clue? <laughs> Rochdale 31 uh, Henry Lansbury incorrect <laughs> I'm just I feel like he's older than that now but Simon Dawkins <laughs> How does Simon no Dawkins one... make it on the show every single week? <laughs> no, no one can ever pick Simon Dawkins for this. I want him to be a wrong guess every single week. <laughs> okay, so uh, moving on. I joined Middlesbrough in 2011 as an 11-year-old, and I stayed there until 2012 when I moved to Aston Villa. As an eleven-year-old in twenty eleven, no, two thousand and one. He was eleven. Oh, he joined, I was going to say no, no, no. In two thousand and one, okay. and he stayed there until twenty twelve when oh, I moved my, to Villa. Yeah, my hearing's not good. Okay, twenty eleven. It's obviously not yet, but Stuart Downing, because Middlesbrough, isn't it? No, nah, not yeah. Stuart Downing. Stuart Downing's like forty, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. I know it's not, but I'm just going to say Stephen Warnock. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next one. I played 30 times for Villa from 2012 to 2016. I mean, during those four years at the club, I had loan spells at Brighton, Bournemouth, and Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, I got it. I think. He's got it. Go on. Is it okay, Joe Bennett? Right. Well done, that man, Joe Bennett. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought his name wasn't spoken amongst the podcast. <laughs> yeah, oh, well I'm Fair so play. glad I didn't crack under pressure. Yay, me. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you want to go? Go on. No, go on. What were you going to say? I was going to say, do you want to go for a? See if you can get two out of two here, Carl. Yeah, let's do it, I, Danny. I really want you to get one eventually. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it's, it's go for it, man. It's all good. Um, okay right this one i think might be a bit more difficult but we'll uh we'll wait and see so is it jonathan hogg no but if it had been that would have been incredible (laughs) i was born in holland on the 27th of january 1985 making me 36 years old danny do you want to guess first yeah ron vlaar Incorrect. Okay. Boomer? Incorrect. Ooh, shout. So, next one. I played, I started my career FC20, 
I was there from 2004 to 2008 and then moved on to Fire Nords from 2008 to 2012. Oh, oh my God. I, have, I, I can to... picture his face. Uh, hold on a second. Oh. <laughs> Wait. Oh, crap. Hang on. It's not... He's not Dutch, though. Um, Twente and then Fire Nord. It's not... Um, oh, my... Um, oh... I can picture his face. This is so annoying. Oh, um, <laughs> I was going to make a joke earlier and say maybe Onral Ghazi's actually 37 and he just never told us. But, uh, oh my God. Um, no, he's... How old is he? 37? 36. Oh, 36. Oh my gosh. Danny, do you have any clue? Nah, because I, I was thinking like... I was thinking along the lines of like strikers and attackers that we might have bought, bought that were like Dutch. Um, and I can't think of any. Um, it's not. Oh, uh, what's his name? I'm getting his name mixed up with Elmo's name. Um, oh, I know who it is. I know who it is. I've got it. 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 Karim Alamadi. Karim Alamadi. Well done. Yes. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that out loud. <laughs> Uh, so as soon as you said that, I thought you've given the game away. Oh, I can he's literally Cole has literally just said he's got an Arab name and like I've yeah, gone right. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think he's thirty-seven though, so that's why I was kind of unsure. I thought maybe he was thirty-four or thirty-six. I was to say. By the yeah. way, right, one of the most underrated players we've had at the club because he was that he was there during the Paul Lambert time, and like think about it, him in this midfield right now would actually work really well. Like in the Sanson role, almost. Yeah. Like, oh, can I get a half mark for that? Because <laughs> I basically just gave it <laughs> no, to Dan. You, you don't get a half mark for it. <laughs> oh, that's so. Oh, Mahamadi and Alec Mardi are two very different names. Well, can... if, if anything, you should have your previous point taken away for, for giving it away so uh, easily. <laughs> I honestly, I, I I kept trying to say. Uh, I still can't say it. I want to say El Mahamadi still. I don't know why. <laughs> It's Al Ahmadi. That okay? That's what I was trying to say, but I didn't want to come off like as an absolute idiot. And when I was trying to say it, because then when it came up as like Al Mahamadi, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know why it just wasn't computing in my brain. Uh, that was very yeah, good. Man. Good job, man Simon. Like yeah, it's all good. Danny, you're up next yeah. week, so you'll have right, to okay, ask us some questions. But you know what? Fair play to Danny. I'm just glad he's on the board now because he's been suffering for the last <laughs> couple weeks. Thanks, man. Um, just just to um, <laughs> winter speech. Just so I no, just just so just so I know in advance, Simon Dawkins is absolutely off the table. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What is it? Well, after waiting, do you know what? <laughs> if, if we say that, I, I guarantee he's going to try and double bluff us and go with Dawkins and just assume that we're not going to go with it. <laughs> so every time now, the first thing we have to say even before, like even a clue is guessed. To just say something. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I googled him. And all his all his pictures are in a villa shirt. Where is he now? <laughs> is he still playing? God knows. I wouldn't have thought so. Let me let me check here. Let's just you he's, know he's what. This, club. I'll leave this part of the podcast in because I, I feel like people enjoy this more than us actually talking about the game <laughs> half the time. But he's thirty three actually now. To be fair, I don't, I don't know think why. he's had a club since twenty nineteen. Oh, yeah, it's this Ipswich. I don't know why it says Tottenham. I don't think that's uh, still relevant. So, but yeah. I don't know. But anyways, anyways. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's that, I guess, fair enough. 
anyways we'll, we'll wrap things up there guys uh there guys wow if i get that out of my mouth correctly um we've probably been going for more than long enough thank you very much to both simon and to danny for joining me if you want to find simon on twitter it's at cy o'regan you can find danny on twitter at rouse you can find me on twitter cole Petum at talk aston villa of course you can tweet the team at 7500 holt if you have Anything on your mind that you want us to share in the podcast, of course, you can email us, holtcast at gmail.com. And of course, um, leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. It just makes it easier for other people to find us. And thank you to the few that have done so over the last uh, little bit. It's always appreciated. Anyways, we'll leave it there. We'll see you back soon. Hopefully some more positive results, even though we have Liverpool and City next, I do believe. But don't forget up the villa. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.